Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Jesus responded. I love when I read stuff like that. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see the glory if you believe? Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see the glory if you believe? I want to subtitle my message today, I told you so. Look at your neighbor and say, I told you so. Now, all of us, all of us know that one friend. You have that one cousin that is always telling you, I told you so. And you hate it. You have that one friend who's always saying, I told you so. He's waiting for something bad to happen so that he can make himself good, look good, and say, I told you so. Now, what's really happening here, I believe in my own interpretation, right, which doesn't mean a lot, doesn't mean much, but for my own sake and for today's sake, I think Jesus is being that guy. And Jesus probably tells them and is telling us today I don't want to be that guy, but I will be that guy, and I will tell you, I told you so. I don't want to be that guy. Have you ever said to somebody, I don't want to be that guy, but I will be that guy? I told you so. I told you not to mess with that. I told you not to go there. Come on now. I told you, you know you're married. You shouldn't be. Come on. And look what happened. I told you so. I don't want to be that guy, but I will be that guy. I told you so. And I believe Jesus is making this statement. I told you so. And we've been talking about the I am's and I am's. And today I want to talk to you about uh, under this subject, I am the resurrection and the life, but with the subtitle, I told you so. And I want us to go back to the story in chapter 11, and we're going to read through it, and if you allow me and God helps me to unpack this, I believe that God has a word that can transform your life if you apply it, if you apply it. So John chapter 11, verse 1, and I'm going to start reading from there. If you have a Bible, follow me. If not, get a Bible. And here's what it says. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. This is Mary, who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. It's important. He's making a statement. And you're going to learn this Mary later on. He's making a statement because we know that what she did in chapter 12 was heard and is still, still being heard throughout the world. She poured her perfume. So we know that story. We know the glory, but we don't know her story. You understand? So Lou, uh, John is making a point to let you know you're going to read about Mary, and the story is going to sound all messed up. 
But I just want to remind you, God did an amazing work with her later on. That's why you can't judge people. Because you just don't know where they are right now, and you don't know what God is going to do later on. I look at the person next to you and say, don't judge me. Now look at them. Only God can judge me. <laughs> I love when people say that. Only God can judge me. I'm like, he, he, he has. That's good, right? Oh, Lord Jesus. I heard that from Pastor. Verse 4. Okay, her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Now, there's a lot here. I can't stay here. I just want to get to the meat of the message. But when Jesus heard about it, Lazarus' sickness will not end to death. No, no, it will happen for the glory of God. So the Son of God will receive glory from this. I love when Jesus makes this statement. Nobody wants to hear this. Nobody wants to hear that what you're going through is going to produce glory. You just want this thing to be over with. Can I get an amen? You, don't you love when that brother or sister comes to you? I know you're going through so much. I am so sorry. But listen, God is going to use it for his glory. And then they're like so absent from your story. And they bounce. They're like, don't worry, I'm praying for you. Peace. And nobody wants to hear. We, we want to know that God is going to use it. But we don't want to hear that God is using it. Because I just don't see it. And I'm wondering, how come you see it? Because I never see you. Do you understand? So when Jesus says, hey, he's almost kind of dismissing the fact that there's a problem, that I'm going through something. And he tells her, hey, it will be for the glory of God. So verse 5, although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed there where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. This is amazing because Martha, Mary, and, and, and uh, come to Jesus. They sent actually a messenger. They sent a message. And Jesus dismisses it and says to her, or says to them, hey. In other words, and what do you want me to do? And he goes about his business. He's probably fishing at this point. Probably filleting some fish. He goes about his business, and for two days, he stays there. Have you ever felt when you're going through something, and you've called upon Jesus? Make me a house, a house of prayer, house of prayer. And we pray, and we pray, and we've sought the Lord, but we don't hear a response. We don't see God really come through as if he's ignoring us or he's forgotten about our situation. Like, Jesus, I thought you and I had something going on. I've been faithful. I serve in the church. I serve in the board. I serve everywhere. I've been so faithful to you. And I expect that if I serve for you, when I call upon you, you should respond at least and not ignore me. So for two days... Jesus just does nothing. 
My brother used to call this vegging. He just vegged for two days. Not, never mind. I'm praying for your pastor. That vegan Satan go away. Plant-based, plant-based demon to go away. Whole Foods demon. Nah, let me stop. Come on. I want to give you the meat of the gospel today. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. So Jesus says to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, which means teacher. They said, only a few days ago, people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours in the day. Uh, 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because there is no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But now I will go and wake him up. It's interesting because Jesus said, let's go back. Let's go back. My timing is now. I know you prayed two days ago. I know you prayed two years ago. I know you prayed two months ago. I know you've been praying to have a baby. I know you've been praying to have a house. I know you've been praying to have a job. I know you've been praying for, the, for your spouse. I know you've been praying. My time is now. Let's go back. But you don't understand, God, it's too late now. I am going to wake him up. Verse 12, the disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon be better. They, they thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus was dead. I mean, he was kaput. He was done. He was completely dead. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and, you, and for your sakes, I am glad I wasn't there. <laughs> Let that sink in. For your sake, I have been absent from you. Not from your situation. I have been absent from you, from your presence, but not from your situation. I'll come back to that. Okay. So what was it that you guys say? Preach it or something? Thank you, brother. You, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to preach this way. Will you give it, to, give it up for him? He's working so hard in this corner. It's hot. It's hot as heaven in that corner. Where, I, where was I? Okay. He said, for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let us see him. It's interesting how Jesus makes an invite. And he says, would you allow me? To go back to that place of death. Would you allow me to go back to that place that is dying in your life? And do you believe that I have it within me to bring it back to life? Let's go there. 
Are you willing to come in this journey with me? So here's what's happening. Thomas nicknamed the twin. And you know what, it, what was his name was? Didymus. Didymus. He was a rapper. <laughs> Doubting Thomas was a rapper. If you read the Greek word for Thomas there is Didymus. Anyway, that was extra. It had no implication whatsoever. It, it won't help you either. I promise. He said to his disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. Hmm. <laughs> Pastor, you ever had any people say, Pastor, where are we moving to the, to, the, to the new building? Let's go. And we're all excited. The first week we launch. The second week. Third week becomes weak. Fourth week. Dang, where are all the people that said they were going to die with me? Are these Starbucks? Um, no. Wow. Thank you, brother. I got issues. Please forgive me. Pastor brought me. If you have, if you have to say something, say it to him. We'll die with you. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, Jesus is now walking back. He's going back to the situation. When he arrived in Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles, two miles to the road of Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. I got to come back to this. I want to talk to you through this text. That's why I, I'm stopping and pausing. Because it's interesting to me that where Jesus was, and where the problem happened was real close. It wasn't, uh, can I step in there and not fall? Okay, I'm gonna pull a Stephen Furtick here. If I fall, like we say over there, el único seguro que si te cae del piso no pasa. Translate that for me. Anyway, so it's really wobbly. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm going to go back if you're trying to uh, uh, switch that. But Jesus often calls us to trust him, to trust the process, even if you don't understand it. He was real close. They were real close, in other words, to the miracle. But they allow their doubt and consistencies to get in the way of the greatest miracle that we have ever seen. One of the greatest miracles is the resurrection of Lazarus. And they were only two miles away from this. And here's what happens. When Martha, verse 20, got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, like most of us have said to him before, Lord, if only you had been there, my brother, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. 
she goes to meet Jesus before he gets to the house. And she says to him, where have you been? Have you ever asked God, God, where are you? I see others get breakthrough. I see when others give into the house, when they sow, when they give, when they tithe, when they serve, I see them growing. I see them getting promoted. I'm not getting promoted at my job. God, what is going on? Where are you? And when something goes wrong, you may not say it this way, but you think it through and you're feeling it. You're living it like you're feeling it. And what you're really doing, you're saying, God, if only you had been here. If only you had been here, comma, my fill in the blanks. My mom would have not passed. My dad would not have passed. My husband would not have left me. My wife would not have left me. I would have never lost my job. My friends would not have betrayed me. If only you had been there. God, we showed up. We prepped. You gave us a word. We've been working real hard, God. And we've been setting up, and we put a lot of energy, God. And where are you? Where are all the people that you said that would fill the house? And I love, I love this scene. Because it's really a picture of our lives. This is really a theological conundrum. You got to ca catch this and watch this. Because after she says, if you would have been here, my brother would, have not ha would not have died. And look what she says right after that. But, but, even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Man, this girl... She's a believer. She's got some theology. Hold on, I'm, I'm going there. Look what verse 23 says. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. I love what Mary says. Yes. Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die again. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord. She told him, catch this. I have always believed. <laughs> I have always believed you are the Messiah. I'm coming. The Son of God. The one who has come into the world from God. I'm going to pause there. Martha had theology. She had a perception about God. She knew about God, but she didn't know God himself. She's just screaming at him, hey, 
where are you? This is the second time around. Because when she came first, Jesus told her, hey, he's only sleeping. He will rise again. He sent her a message. He sent her a word. He sent her word. Now, four days later, she meets him because she's desperate because her pain and the theology of her pain has become greater than the theology of the existence of the one who is the I am. Be careful when you're in pain. Be careful what you believe and who you believe. Because it is possible to have a notion about God and not have an idea who he is. Her theology was on point. She knew he was the Messiah. Do you know what the Messiah means? That should have been enough. When I told you that I was coming, that should have been enough. You're too late. It's been four days. Where are you, God? Can I say something? See, sometimes we get used to too much or we get too comfortable with his presence that all of a sudden his word is not as good. You cannot separate God's word from his presence. It is God's word that brings his presence. He was not absent from the situation. He was absent from her physically. And it's it's crazy that we can come to church and be present here and absent from having a genuine connection with the one. Come on. Come on. It's, it's true. It's true. So here's, here's, here's what happens. He says, do you believe? Do you believe? Then, Mar then, then Martha called Mary, uh, I'm sorry, then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here. And he wants to see you. I've come all the way from Long Island. I drove two hours this morning to get here way before. I woke up before you woke up this morning. I went to bed like three hours ago. But I came here to tell you, not so much the pastor, not so much the leadership. I came here to tell you that the master, the teacher is here and he's asking for you. It's, it's amazing that Martha tells Mary, the master is here. And he's asking for you. Because somehow she got reconvinced that all we need is him. A verse before, she wanted him to be there. His word was not enough. She needed to see him physically. But now all of a sudden she's like, ha, huh, 
Wait a minute. Look. Last, our brother Lazarus, he's still dead. Nothing has changed. <laughs> nothing has changed. We've been praying and nothing has changed. Here. We've been giving and nothing has changed. I've been believing and nothing has changed. I've made some moves and nothing has changed. But you better get here because the master is here. The master is here. And watch what happens. I love this. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, here, here. So, 29. So Mary immediately went to see him. Mary was at the house crying, and a lot of people joined her. She had created a support group of pain. It's amazing that whenever you want to get acquainted with your pain, you surround yourself with people who have gone through the same stuff. The purpose of that is to find healing and empathy, sympathy, and move on. But if you stay there too long with the people that are in pain, you create a support group that starts to bring destruction to other areas of your life. It is for freedom that you have been set free. Hurt people hurt people. And when you surround and you stay there and you camp around your pain. But Mary, as soon as she heard that he was here and he is here today. See, the Bible says she got up immediately, verse 29, and she went to him. Look what happened. Jesus has stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leaving so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep, so they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. You see how that spreads? It's a disease. It's a disease. You can't talk like that in this house. You are coming to this house and you are going through the growth track because we're helping you find freedom. Know God, find freedom, discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. Do you understand? And it, uh, it's going to require that you change your mind, that we renew your mind, your thinking, your language has to change. Because if you're not careful and you speak from your pain, you can lead others into your pain. 
She had one of the greatest opportunities ever in Mary's life. Jesus showed up, and as a matter of fact, he was waiting for her. And when she showed up, instead of doing the right thing and maximizing the opportunity that the Savior of the world, the one who is the I Am, the one who created life, there is no death in him. He is here. The master, the teacher is here. Surrender at her feet. She surrendered at his feet. You would think she's going to worship. Why am I saying this? Because sometimes you look like you're worshiping. But in reality, what's happening inside your heart you're going through if you had only been here. Every single time, every single day, you don't have to be in this place to worship and surrender. But when you surrender, when you come to this house, okay, every, I'm a worshiper. So I, I'm not a pastor. I'm a worshiper. So wherever I go, I worship. And I couldn't wait to come here, be here early to worship. I don't care who's next to me. I don't care who you are. I don't care if this is a worshiping church. When my king is here, when the master is here, I worship him. I owe my life, my devotion, my life to him. So when I see him, I surrender. And I have to be careful every time I see him that when I bow down, I am not thinking about my circumstances, but I am staring at him, fixing our eyes, gazing our eyes, and him, Jesus, the hope of glory. This one is anointed. Whatever that means. I'm trying to bring this to a close. Y'all ain't got to go to Long Island. And y'all ain't driving. I'll take my Uber's waiting for me. Pastor paid for it. No, kidding. That's my Uber. His name is Herb Herber. Can I say this? God, and you got to catch this. So pay attention. God knows who I am. Some of you are going to catch that Tuesday. God knows who I am. So you're thinking of yourself again. God knows who I am. When God told Moses... In the Exodus, chapter 3, verse 14, he says, I am the God, Elohim. I am Elohim, the God of your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am that I am. God knows who I am. You'll get that. You'll get that. Because your identity is stand from knowing who he is. And when you know who he is, and not by mere theological uh, um, explanation, but you have to have an experience with the Christ himself, with Jesus himself, 
Because if not, you end up like Martha and like Mary. They had an idea and they had a, a notion theologically of who he was, but they had never experienced the true Messiah in action. There was a disconnect between what they knew and who they knew. The X factor, the missing link, and it's always the connectedness between what you know and who he is about God. What you know is in your mind, but if you don't know who he is here. So here's what happened as I bring this to a close. That's my second. I'm going to save my third. So when I'm really closing. Verse. Verse 31. When the people were in the house consoling Mary and saw her leave so hastily. She assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. The crowds followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had only been there, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him. Anger. Anger welled up within him. And he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked first. You see, we focus on Jesus wept. But Jesus was angered. Later on in John chapter 14, this is 11. He's talking with his most prominent disciples. And they are questioning where he's going. And Jesus tells them, you know where I am. You know where I'm going. Uh, show us where you're going. Show us the Father. And Jesus is like, how long have I been with you? How long do I have to show up? Do I always have to show up? Is my word not enough for you? Jesus was in the boat. Jesus has told his disciples, we're going to the other side, church. We're going to the other side, church. But when the storms arose, when pain arises, all of a sudden we become frantic and we wake up, Jesus. Get up. Don't you know that we're about to perish? Jesus, had you been, had, had you been awake, this storm would not have happened. Jesus gets up. He looks at the storm. Be still. And this says, ye of little faith. Why? Because Jesus had already given the word that we were going to the other side. But what happens is we want a word from him. I want another word. I want another word. I hope God speaks to me. How a service. Oh, it was good. What did they preach about? I don't know. It was good. Get the tape. But if they prophesy to you, woo, 
You let the whole world know. I hope I get a word. You ain't getting another word until you do. And when you align yourself with the first thing that God declared over your life, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. you put him in other words take me take me stop hiding things <laughs> take me there take me there listen buddy <laughs> you mad at me now where, where have I been where have you been I am two three chapters before this Chapter 8, verse 58 or 48, whatever. He says, before Abraham was, I am. In other words, hey, buddy, before Lazarus was, I am. Before Lazarus lived, I am. Before he died, I am. When Lazarus was being formed, I am. When he was decaying, I am. I've always been there. When you're looking for my presence, you're trying to feel my presence. I am the word. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God. And God was the Word. And all things were made by Him, through Him, and for Him. The Word. When God declares His Word, His presence breaks through every lofty imagination. Everything that tries to rise up against the knowledge of God. You see, Jesus, help me. What Jesus is trying to say send you the notes. I know that you don't understand everything that's happening in your life. And I know that you don't want to hear God is working it all out for the good of his glory and his purpose and his riches. I know you don't want to hear it. But you got to hear it. Because you got nothing else. You got nothing but him. And that's all you need. And that, what, that is what Jesus was trying to convey to Martha. Martha, you don't need Lazarus. <laughs> you need me. Because if you got me, you got Lazarus. <laughs> but as long as, as you doubt me, everything in your life will start to crumble away. You think you lost Lazarus? You didn't lose nothing compared to the faith you've lost. trying to get you Lazarus back. God is trying to get you I am back. 
I am in Christ. I know who I am. I am chosen. I am free of all things. I am in Christ. I am delivered. I am accepted. I was brought with with a price. I am blessed. I am loved by Christ. I am the Lord's. I am the Lord's. I am his. I am the temple of God. I am a child of God. I am among the called of Jesus Christ. I am alive to God in Christ Jesus. I am forgiven. I am an ambassador for Christ. I am loved by my Father. God is trying to set you up because he's about to show up. I told you so. God wants to tell you today. I told you so. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? It's become a cliche. Won't he do it? God will never do nothing he's not already done. Your whole life is a setup. Your whole life is a setup. And while Mary was crying, the moment she saw the opportunity, God gave her an opportunity to redeem herself. God is giving you an opportunity to redeem yourself today because he's here. Run to her. And when you run to him, when you run to him, Everybody else who's following you and watching you and and they're wallowing up with you in your pityness. Look at the shift that happened and I hope that this shift takes place in this house in Staten Island. That when we come to this house and when we leave this house, that when we come here, we bow down and we worship him. Clear your mind, clear your heart and worship him. And when you leave this house, don't forget that you are, I am an ambassador. Because if you stay in the place of pain, everyone else that is not here is because they know your pain more than they know the Messiah, the I am, that you come on Sundays to worship. was desperate for him they followed him it was a setup and God was waiting all this time to say you see this is not about Lazarus my greatest miracle is not as the I am my greatest miracle is not to resurrect the dead things in, in, in Lazarus he was trying to resurrect Mary and Martha's faith What I love is, lower that for a second, I'm sorry. I just got to bring this one. I got to go. Jesus, he built an audience around her pain. 
Don't build an audience around your friends of pain. Bring your pain to Jesus. He's setting it up. And bring your friends with you. I know you're broken. I know your friends really know who you are. You look good on Sundays. Pastor thinks you're the best thing since sliced bread. But there are some things that God is saying, bring me there. Bring me there. I know what's dead in your life. I know what stinks. I love how the King James Version says that he, he stinketh. There are some things in your life that stinketh. That is dying. But when Jesus called them, he performed a miracle in the presence of his enemies, of those who opposed. See, you may think, oh, but then they were not really her enemies. Anything, anything that rises above the knowledge of God. They had theology and they had knowledge about pain and circumstances. But Jesus says, your pain and your knowledge of it is trying to come up against who I am. But when I when but what I love is that Jesus stood and he didn't go to where she was. Jesus says, tell her to come to me. She had to bring her, her pain. And you got to bring your pain today to Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.